¿Cómo estás, Samuel? Muy bien, Sandra, ¿y tú? <laughs> so, um, this is going to be our second cachito, and we wanted to talk about Honduras because that's something that has been going on, and we want this to be a show about Central American issues and identity, as well as just us, but this is something that is happening in our community, so we obviously want to dissect it. Even though we both are not Honduran, uh, we also want to respect that, but we understand this is still a developing story. So that's why I wanted to make this a cachito, to kind of just lay out all the facts as they have been going along. So, yeah. yeah. Do you want to start us off, Sam, on what is happening in Honduras, the atrocities? Yes. Yeah, so um, today is December 7th, so on November 26th, the election was held in Honduras. And since then, there has been mass protesting. Governments have been speaking out on the election and what's been what's being called a fraudulent election. And so Honduras has had a interesting history for the last decade, actually. And so in order to begin talking about the 2017 election, we want to lay out some context and talk about 2009. So in 2009, there was a, an actual coup that occurred in Honduras. And we had the administration of Manuel Zelaya, who was a democratically elected president. He was president of Honduras from 2006 until June 2009 when the coup took place. And so why did the coup take place, Andrew? Well, the coup took place because Celaya was elected from a centrist group, but his administration became progressively leftist while he was in power. He did a lot of social programs and built new schools, subsidized public transport, was raising minimum wage in Honduras, and his administration tried to organize the assembly to replace the 1982 Honduran Constitution, which is perfectly legal under Article 5 of the 2600 Civil Participation Act, which wanted to allow the president to serve two consecutive terms. Opponents of Celaya on the right thought he was trying to extend his time as president, but it was not going to be possible because he would have left office before the assembly would have even decided on changing the constitution. And uh, on June 28, 2009, a referendum was supposed to take place, the military and national congress which both opposed the said referendum ousted Celaya and sent him to Costa Rica and declared Roberto Micheletti the congressional leader as president the organization of american states the OAS which has been around since 1889 and the UN called for the immediate reinstatement of Celaya uh, the US was failing to answer any comments about it by Secretary Clinton and that all the parties had to accept responsibility for their actions. That is what Hillary Clinton said, quote, and did not ask for the reinstatement of Celaya. Clinton failed to send U.S. aid to Honduras on grounds that it wasn't a clear coup that was happening. The OAS removed Honduras from being a part of it due to this coup and reinstated Honduras when Zelaya and Lobo agreed to sign an agreement in Cartagena, Colombia, and the Honduras Truth and Reconciliation Commission established by the OAS declared the coup as illegal. 
stuff. Now, this is now. 2017. Yeah. Yeah. So that was eight years ago. It set the president for a lot of interesting stuff regarding transitions of power in Honduras. So in 2017, the election was held between incumbent President Juan Orlando Hernandez over the opposition challenger Salvador Nasraya. Hernandez was only allowed to run for a second term because of the Honduran Supreme Court ruling allowing him to run despite being prohibited by the Constitution, which is literally the same thing that happened to Zelaya. So Zelaya wasn't allowed to run for a second term, and there were you know worries about him running for a second term, overstretching his power, becoming a tyrant, whatnot. And, and Hernandez has been allowed to do the same thing because of the Honduran Supreme Court. So the election was held on November 26th, despite concerns of voter fraud. So some of these concerns were that a million deceased people still appeared on lists for those registered to vote. And system, quote, failures were occurring as the results were being counted. So as results were coming in on the evening of November 26th, it seemed that Salvador Nasraya was winning the election with a five-point lead over Hernandez. But as those results kept coming in and those failures kept happening, more votes went to Hernandez. And it seemed that Hernandez has stolen the election because of these failures. And so an official decision has not been made between the two. There's been mass protests since that Sunday night over people asking for the rightful president, Nasraya, who won with the majority of the votes. So in order to avoid any protests, the government, which is Hernandez's administration, asked for a dust to dawn curfew, the toque de queda which is reminiscent of the Salvadorian Civil War, wherein people who were in streets at night were killed by the government military. So now, over a week and a half since the election, police say they will not be enforcing the curfew, and they claim that they will not oppress people anymore, but some speculations about police just complaining about wages. So some people think that police are just not enforcing the curfew out of a lack of payment so they're not going to shoot their citizens unless they're being paid enough which is scared as fuck yeah but I mean that's what the police is there for right I mean I guess (laughs) yeah like they're paid to kill citizens and so since Honduras has contributed in anti-corruption and human rights advancements they're eligible for help from the US we also have Manuel Celaya backing up Nasraya so uh, Nasraya and his voting bloc have asked for a new runoff election to occur, which actually isn't a mechanism in the Honduran constitution, which shows that some of these things weren't even considered at the moment that the constitution was drafted. And so since the government won't make decision based on votes from the election of November 26th, the idea is that a runoff should occur. So they re- previously had asked for a recount of votes which was backed up by the OAS and the EU. But now they're asking for a runoff election to try to live by the rules of the government and just show that Nasraya properly won the election. And so since then, the curfew has been lifted, which is great. I think curfews are a shitty thing and an oppression of people in general. Yeah. So what's been happening today, or news happening around today, was uh, this H.R. 1299 bill, which prohibits aid from going to the military and police until the Department of State certifies that Honduras has prosecuted members of military police for human rights violations. 
and established rule of law and guaranteed a judicial system capable of bringing justice to members of police and military who have committed human rights abuses. So protecting the rights of trade unionists, journalists, uh, human rights defenders, and government critics, which was introduced to the House of Representatives in March. And this is interesting because the creator of the Central American Caucus, uh, Norma Torres, who is Guatemalan and a congresswoman representing the area of Pomona in California, is refusing to sign this bill, which, I mean, who knows why, even though she said that she is condemning the, even though she is against what is happening in Honduras right now, she is still refusing to sign this bill, which is suspect, right? Yeah, it just shows that she doesn't necessarily have the interest of Central American people in mind, especially if, like, coming from Central American countries, we know that the police and military have been committing human rights abuses for decades and that they should be held accountable. And so by not signing H.R. 1299... Norma Torres is essentially saying that she's okay with the police and military committing human rights abuses. And it's just, like you said, suspect as fuck, because what what kind of, well, I mean, what kind of congressperson would say that, but, like, Congress, you know? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all they're going to say. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just interesting that, you know, as a Central American woman, she's not signing something that's going to help Central American people out. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that the U.S. is so down to give aid to Honduras right now mm-hmm. uh, for their anti-corruption and uh, toughness on street gangs in Honduras when many people in Honduras have been very angry with uh, Hernandez for his corruption scandals or whatever scrutiny his administration has been going through by the Honduran people. A lot of people aren't huge fans of his, which is why he probably lost his election, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just suspicious that, you know, everyone wants to give money to Hernandez and his administration for being so tough on corruption. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a lot of Honduras think that he is, uh, he has clean hands. Not at all. So it's sus. I mean, he's, he's also running an election that under the Constitution, he wasn't even supposed to run under. You know, it's just the Supreme Court that was like, cool, we're going to give you the shot, but under the Constitution, you know, the literal law of Honduras, he's not supposed to be running. So it's just suspect all around. Yeah. So that's what's happening in Honduras right now and the whole situation. As we mentioned earlier, it's still a developing situation. So we just wanted to do this as an opportunity to acknowledge that this is something that is happening, but also as a sign of respect for all of our Honduran friends and their families in the U.S. and in Honduras, hopefully, you know, wishing for their safety. And, yeah, we we don't really, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in prayers for Mm -hmm. helping things, but, I mean, I just want to give out good thoughts and, you know, hoping that things are okay for people. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is an intense situation that a lot of folks can empathize or sympathize with. I mean, as a child of the Central American diaspora, I have heard stories about, you know, the government and civil war breaking out, and it would be terrible for something like this to happen to Honduras. And so definitely prayers are with them. 
but I feel that this is where we should be making a riot. We should be making noise about this. And I'm really happy that Central American Twitter has definitely jump on, jumped on this, but it doesn't seem like mainstream media is talking about this at all. So while we're all praying for this, we should also be retweeting, sharing articles, and telling people who may not know what's going on in Honduras at least a little bit. Do a quick Google search, look up different sources, and you know, educate yourself and try to educate people around you about it as well. Yeah, I also haven't really seen it hugely on like Latinx Twitter in general. I've only really seen mm-hmm. things happening in Central American Twitter. I have seen things. I'm not going to say I haven't. I've seen other people acknowledge that what is going on and wishing their wishing prayers and hoping things get better. But mm-hmm. obviously, this is something that has been massively underrepresented when it's only two countries away from the United States, essentially. So it, it just doesn't make sense. Or I mean, it actually does make a lot of sense, but you know, we shouldn't be letting this uh, get swept under the rug or anything like that. And yeah, we just want, we just want the best. And we definitely sympathize as we always think about, these things that our parents experience is so far away and things that have hopefully gotten better. But I mean, this coup happened, what, eight years ago? And Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the same narrative going over and over in Central America, the US just messing with shit, ruining the country, and then blaming citizens from those countries for going through Mexico and Central America for the US. So, Yeah. yeah. We're just want to talk about that. Yeah. So. And yeah, we also want to give some Twitter handles that y'all can follow for some updates regarding Honduras. So we have at Código Five Hundred Four, at Honduras Soul, at Heather Guys G I E S, at Bodega underscore Giro underscore A O, at Ofrane and at the Lesur English. So if you could go ahead and check out those tweets by these people or just, you know, go ahead and give them a follow if it's something you want to be keeping up with for a long time, go for it. These are great pages which are constantly talking about what's going on in Honduras. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially because a lot of journalists have been deported from Honduras. So journalism is trying to be silenced in Honduras from outside sources. So... We definitely want these people to get their follows and also, you know, have people keep keep up with it. So it'll be on our website. Also, links to the history and all our resources for learning about Honduras will also be on our website. And yeah, so we want to close out with something positive. So there's this song that Sam and I both love that is Honduran and it's like a a kind of punta rock type of song. Called uh, Sopa de Caracol by uh, Banda Blanca. And yeah, is it Sopa de Caracol? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure a lot of Central American folks know this. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I know this song. And I was like, yes, I definitely know this song. So (laughs) we just want to close out with that. And we hope all of you have a good uh, week and a good night. Yeah, stay safe. Things are rough. Adios. Bye.
Sopa de caracol, hey, guatanegui con su. 